Yeah, Mark, your shameless self-promotion is really knows no bounds there, does it? You're, 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 you're now you've got to movie posters up mm-hmm. behind you. My yeah, goodness. my book's over here. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to put, I should probably put my books over here, movies, or, you know, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Got to get that belly out. Slap it. Slap yeah. that belly. I'm losing my belly. I wanted to tell you guys. Maybe throw some baloney oh, at it. Lo- you can't lose yeah, you- Your head's still huge, right. though. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's never, never going to change. Yeah, that's never going <laughs> to change. Hey, Mike, yeah. how are you? Oh, there, there, it is. There, there it is. There it is. How you doing, yeah. Mike? How's it going? What is going on? Can you hear me? Yeah. All right. Good deal. Thank you so much for being on our show, man. It is really nice to meet you. Oh, yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's yeah, our no pleasure. Nice little rack of axes you got behind you there. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's uh, years of uh, I don't know. A lot of there's a story behind every single one of them. So I, <laughs> excellent. I think at some point I'm going to do like a YouTube video and explain all of them and and how they uh, came to be here in my possession and stuff like that. There's a lot That'd of stories. Be great. We we I might have you. Stories. We might have you answer some of those questions tonight. We might ask about them. Pull all one right. down and tell us a story. Yeah, maybe. just one of them anyway. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have to bring mine. I got a, I got a flying V. There's nothing interesting to it. I played it. I bought it for 125 bucks, but it's got some uh, Britney Spears and uh, Spice Girl stickers on it. So what are you, you know, doing? Right there. Exactly. Yeah. 125 bucks came with a distortion pedal and a strap. You can't like, beat that. That's a great deal. Yeah. yeah. It's an Antares. Yeah. I had to look them up like, where the fuck are these from? <laughs> you know, but yeah, I'm like, I got it. I got it. It all needs to be revamped. But one day it's my goal. Get the pots changed, all the electronics, get a new fretboard, get, you know, new saddle, everything. It's going to more smoke bombs to it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I got, uh, yeah, this, all the Spice Girls, well, the ones I like anyway. And then a nice Britney Spears. <laughs> Baby Spice, Ginger Spice, Scary Spice. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> um well great um you prefer mike to michael what What would you prefer oh it doesn't matter either or is fine okay cool i, come, I answer to a lot of other things other than that okay <laughs> <laughs> we'll try and keep it civil you know <laughs> so um well, yeah we're just glad to spend some time with you and um you know if you want we, we will do our our cheesy intro and we will, we will get right into it if you want yeah let's rock and roll man all right sounds yeah. good Cheesy intro, roll it. You're listening to Heavy Metal Horror. This is Vanek of Vanek and Midnight and Vandalus and many others. See you soon. I am Montag, Master of Illusion. What goes up? must come down but not always hey this is chop top and this is heavy <laughs> and dread bowl wild card <laughs> and you are watching and listening to heavy metal oh kitties tonight we have a great show very special guest, Michael Gilbert, Shredder for Flotsam and Jetsam. Yeah, we can't fucking believe it either. So, Michael, <laughs> welcome to Heavy Metal Horror, man. 
Oh man, thank you guys for having me. Uh, it's a uh, it's a pleasure to be here and hang out with you guys and and chat about some flotsam stuff and whatever else we can come up with. Excellent. Well, we've got a lot of questions for you, so I hope you brought a, a sandwich and um, <laughs> <laughs> ready for the long haul. A pillow. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's time for a flotsam and jetsam slumber party. Um, well, you had mentioned uh, just a, just a moment ago that you have stories for all these guitars. And now I know you want to do your YouTube video. And I don't want to take your thunder, but could you maybe give us the story behind one of those guitars? Uh, Any one that you would like to pick? You know what? The one I'm using now. Um, it's actually you can't see it. It's down here. It's it's my ESP. I've been playing these things. Um, uh, for uh, about two or three years now, and this is like the the perfect utility guitar for me. Um, it travels well, it's small, and it plays and sounds great. So I'm sold on ESP right now. Um, that's almost exclusively what I'm using. So this is this is one of my latest in the uh, ESP lines right here. Nice. Uh, it's not a seven string. I'm a. I am. Can I cuss? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Okay. <laughs> I am a lazy motherfucker. So um, the bar. I I don't. Whenever I'm touring and stuff like that. I don't like to deal with any of that stuff. I just want to strap string through for life, seat. string through for life. It's that's the way to do it. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So, yeah, if it's too much maintenance, you know, like one more tour. And anyway, it's not what I have all day. So I have all day right. to like, really, if I, if I did have a bar, I can adjust it, but those precious 10 minutes, you know, I can. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> right. Priorities. Nice. Excellent. <laughs> Well, I guess we'll start with some big picture questions, Michael. Um, like, where did your love of music come from? Oh, that's my family. Uh, my my mom and dad, when I grew up, they always listened, you know, and I didn't realize what an impact like 60s and 70s music would have on me. But um, I hated it at the time, but it was almost like uh, a being brainwashed in a good way, in a positive way, because you know, music like that is just not made anymore. And I'm so right. thankful that my parents, you know, whenever I came home from school, that was always playing on the stereo system. And that's actually what I listen to now. You know, when, when I get home off of a tour, I, uh, I listen to serious uh, XM, like yacht rock and seventies on seven and stuff like that. And I, I kind of shy away from the metal stuff because uh, you know, a lot of that lately sounds the same to me, you know, and it's, it's becoming kind of monotonous in, in some ways, uh, but music always cycles. And so that'll go away and something new is going to happen here pretty soon. I think it's on the verge of, of something else new coming out, you know. Mm -hmm. What were some of those bands that you grew up listening to? I mean, I, I, all of us, I think most of us grew up in musical households as well. You know, my, my dad listened to everything from like Johnny Cash to the Ventures to, you know, Credence. So, I mean, and all those all those influence. I, I can't, I can't overestimate how important all that music was. So what were some of the music that you remember being in that household that you really didn't like at the time, but now you're like, yeah, that was, that was great music. We used to go on these trips. Um, I, we, I lived in California with my parents, Southern California. So we'd always go to San Felipe, Mexico. And uh, we had a motorhome with a eight track cassette player. Oh, nice. So it was Gordon Lightfoot and it was James Taylor um, almost exclusively. So I didn't realize how great James Taylor was until I actually sat down and tried to uh, uh, play some of what he plays on guitar. And the guy's an amazing guitar player. It, it's just incredible. I had to like, I had to tap out on it, it uh, because my finger picking skills 
are nothing like that guy. That guy is a, uh, definitely a god of acoustic guitar and songwriting. Um, so stuff like that, you know, like Sweet Baby James, it'd be, we'd be down in Mexico and I'd listen to that stuff. And it was just now it, when I hear it, it just brings back like uh, huge emotions and stuff like that from me growing up, you know, and that is the power of music. It, uh, even music now, I don't realize it, but 10 years from now, I'm going to have emotions from what what's out there right now, you know, because that's just the power um, and effect of it. There was uh, a music instructor when I was going to college that told me music is the closest thing you'll ever be to God on this planet. And I, you know, I believed it ever since then, because I mean, such control and such power, you know, it's, just, right. I, I don't know. True. In a positive way and in negative ways too, you know, sometimes it can make you cry. Sometimes it can make you like super happy. Sure. Uh, right. That's a part of it, you know, part of uh, the power of it. Yeah. Sometimes like, you know, Flotsam's music makes me want to run straight with my head first through a wall because <laughs> it just gets me all pumped up. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. That does that to all of us. So we can all have stories about that. <laughs> Sometimes that's what you want, though. That's yeah, exactly you know? right. That's the thing. You, you know? get pumped up and aggressive, and you know, yeah, yeah. But the, 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 you, you're let's not let's not play like Flots doesn't have you know emotional songs as well. Mm -hmm. and, and Mike's been present for some of those releases that do have very very deep songs. I, I think that you guys are grossly underappreciated. I may have said oh, that the you. first time we met. Absolutely. And I, I think that there's there's much more to you guys than just a just a thrash band, just a an aggressive aggressive thrash band, which don't get me wrong, my favorite flat songs are the ones that make me want to run through walls. But <laughs> I'm just I, I you gotta throw it out there that you know there there are there's a lot more depth to the band than I think people realize you know, and, and on, I'm on albums like drift and, and such, you know, so, and again, on, I'm, I'm fuzzy. Yeah. I know there was a, I know there's a, a chunk of the discography that you, you weren't present for, right. At least a couple albums. Yeah. There's that, a couple records I stepped out for like right yeah. after the high record, I wasn't on board with high, you know, the name of okay. it and stuff like that. It was, uh, and then our management, we had issues with management and I just, okay. I had to tap out. I was like, you know what, this is my baby, but man, this, these, these people have too much control of what's up. And then, I thought it was really cheesy on that record how if you flip it over and look at the song titles, the song titles are all uh, like in font from other the logos. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, this, this looks really cheesy and lame guys. I, I can't get on board with it. So yeah. at that time, you know, and I had some personal stuff going on too. At that time I was like, well, every, everything's adding up for me to step out for a little bit, you know? Right. So that actually answers one of my questions. I was going to ask you about that. Uh, I know that you're one of the the fixtures in the band from day one so yeah um and I I joined the band like the, I think the first song that I wrote with the band was I Live You Die which is oh. ended up becoming on uh on Metal Blade on their um uh, on their compilations and stuff yeah. like that it did extremely well for us and uh you know it was just going to starting to go a little bit of a different direction during that high record too you know where uh, right yeah it's like okay and I hated to do it. So I, it's my baby. It's like, sorry, it's like somebody banging my girlfriend. You know what I mean? When Mark Simpson <laughs> came in and taken over yeah. my, my guitar spots, I was like, okay, Mark's a great guitar player, but it's like somebody banging my girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> but you know, when you come back, you realize that other guy didn't have as big a dick as yours. So, <laughs> no. <laughs> You're like, daddy's home, right? <laughs> Can you, I think uh, it's interesting. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, Chop. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think it's interesting to bring up high because there seemed to be like a, almost like a stylistic shift also in the musical direction around that time for Flots. 
Now, I mean, you guys have knocked it out of the park in the last, I mean, gosh, 10 years or whatever. I mean, the releases are so solid, especially last release, 2021 Blood in the yeah. Water is just a burner. And uh, yeah, so I just, I want to get your impression, uh, Michael. Did you feel that, that there was a stylistic shift as well during that period? Yeah. Um, it, for a lot of years, it seems like we've been trying to find who we were. Uh, the first two records that came out, we were real solid on, on who we were. But after Jason left, we started going through some different lineup changes. Um, and things kind of just went a little bit haywire, you know. And we were, you know, Drift was a good experiment. Quattro was a good experiment. Drift was even more experimental. Then there are some great songs and it. it was great production. Um, and then after that, like we all just kind of uh, just like separated. I mean, I don't, I don't know what happened, but the chemistry wasn't for me. The chemistry wasn't there. Right. You know? With the other members that were coming in, I, I guess it probably was, but it just wasn't there for me until uh, Ugly Noise when Kelly and I came it's back. A fucking fantastic and, record. And yeah. it, oh, thanks. Um, and it was an experiment. You know, I had all these songs written before before we actually did the record you know that's what i was doing in my spare time was still writing but um and when i presented it to everybody it was kind of a stepping stone to come back you know and then and I, you know i've said this a few times in some other interviews like if i was to tell some give somebody uh like a something to listen to if they're like okay i don't know who your band is where do i start i would say start from blood in the water you know that that i think is our probably that's my favorite record that we've ever done. Uh, it, the energy and the anger, there's tons of emotion in it. I would say start there and work your way back, go to the end of chaos and then uh, the self-titled. And then I would go, go back to 1985 to doomsday, you know, and then start, right. start moving forward after that. Cause there's a couple that I'm not happy with. There's some mixes and some remasters that I would, I would really love to redo to get out there. Right. You know. The third record, when the storm comes down, I, I just, I can't listen to it. You know, it just sounds like uh, the production part of it. It sounds like five different guys playing in five different places on the earth. And they're just completely separated. It's still awesome, man. Don't, don't feel bad. <laughs> I, I know, you know, you're your own worst critic. I know that I, I get that. I, I know, I, I know what that's like, but it's, it's fucking fantastic. I think that, that that was a hard scene to break through too, given you guys were technically considered what second wave of the whole yeah. thrash movement. So it, you know, you, you I don't know. I don't know what the disconnect there was, but it's you guys got, you've always had one of my all time favorite vocalists too, which I, again, you know, a lot of people care. A lot of people put the weight of a band on the vocalist themselves. And it's like how, how you guys didn't, you just, you should have been hanging with, with all the Titans of the time, you know, because fantastic it's absolutely fantastic but i know you don't like high but i gotta throw out that i absolutely love the lard cover uh fork boy has always been a staple i bought the album when i when i when i realized that was a cover i was in san antonio uh playing a gig and i and i bought that record that lard record because of the because you guys covered fork voice i mean that was still cool but i mean i i see what you're saying too you know like i always i never understood that you know i was like i don't understand why these are all band goes back here but you know it, it is what it is. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Montag. No, no. I said, Vic, your your audio just popped. Am, am I am I cutting out in my back? No, it's just huge and distorted. <laughs> you got super you got, loud again. Your mic's got BDE, man. Oh <laughs> man, is it better now? Keep on going down. Check, going check, down. check, check, <laughs> check, check. It's, it's got to be a it's got to be a bad cable. Hang on. How about now? That's okay. How about now? That's pretty much better. Yeah. 
yeah it's still yeah sorry I, i'm struggling with some bad cable stuff over here man I, they just decided to go out like this week it stopped working <laughs> i got better internet down here and now i've got a new problem with cables well, you're, you're mic possessed by demons so and how yeah. there we go right <laughs> yeah right there you go <laughs> yeah sorry i didn't mean to blow anybody's eardrums out <laughs> oh that's good did you want to finish oh, your what? thought oh no that was it that was okay, it cool. i I was going to yeah. go back to what Wildcard had stated about, uh, you know, there's a lot of songs that Flots does, it, it, a lot of emotion. They don't give a lot of attention. Like, for instance, uh, Cry for the Dead off the recent release is just absolutely beautiful and epic. And, uh, yeah, it's one of my favorites off the new one as well. And, obviously, it's talking about the pandemic era and stuff and people we've lost along the way and whatnot. But, yeah, you guys don't get enough credit, that's for sure. I agree with Wildcard. Oh, and, and, and those kind of more, those, those deeper cuts. And some of the death right. in the <clears throat> Yeah, there was this when we were listening to this record back and we were writing it. Um, Ken calls me up. He's like, dude, everything is like 100 miles an hour. The, the gas pedals to the floor. He's like, we need uh, something epic. We we need something like Doomsday. Uh, Doomsday for the Deceiver, that song off the, fir- off the first record, the title track. And uh, so I'm like, all right. And I haven't written anything like that since 1985, you know. So I started writing something and it cry for the dead came out and uh i don't think it sounds anything epic or anything like that but it turned out to be a super emotional song for all of us and it had like a lot of elements where it wasn't just a song it was a little more than that to us all and uh i don't know it's it's hard to explain uh some of some of the stuff that ak was going through and you know what we were all going through and the pandemic definitely had had something uh, to do with it, you know? So, and it is one of my favorite songs on the record too. Excellent. Thank you. Nice. <clears throat> do you remember the, the very first song you ever played on guitar? Like the first song you ever learned? Uh, Bourbon Street. Oh, nice. uh, on, hold on a second. This guitar right here. <laughs> Since we're bringing all this stuff up on this guitar. Nice. And there's a story behind this one too. This thing was, uh, my mom actually knew, I, she, she knew I was looking to play guitar and she had worked at uh, Kmart in her younger days. And this was 20 bucks, it was less than $20. And she picked it up and brought it home for me. And uh, it's out of key right now. Something like that. It's, it's called Bourbon Street though. That was the name of the song. Nice. And um, I would just plug into like my dad's reel to reel tape recorder. And that was the amp <laughs> I was using. Sounded like total dog shit, <laughs> but it didn't matter. It was loud. It was obnoxious. And uh, that's the only thing I knew. I, and I know I terrorized my parents with that song. You think she regretted that purchase? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I got to take that thing back. <laughs> I'll get you something quiet, like a drum set. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, you know, you've had a long career. Uh, obviously, you must have met uh, many times some of your musical heroes. Can you talk about some of the people you've met and, and what that was like for you as a fan? Um, it's, uh, okay. So like one of the first, like people that I met when we, when we first started, uh, touring, you know, was of course Dave Mustaine. That was the first, uh, real tour that we ever went on and, uh, meeting that guy, you see pictures of him and stuff like that. You hear interviews and stuff, but when you actually get in a room with him and you talk to him, this dude is larger than life and he's super intelligent, super smart guy. And he just captivates you, you know, um, 
we, the first time I was in New York City, I met Joey Ramone and I didn't know what to say. I mean, I, I was like, uh, no. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, what, five foot five. And he's like, uh, he's like 25 feet tall. You know, he's a very tall. <laughs> <himself, you know? laughs> and then the, the other, I got starstruck with, um, uh, Brooks and Dunsinger, uh, Dunn. I met him mm-hmm. in uh, Vegas. I same thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy wrote uh, Neon Moon, uh, Boot Scoot and Boogie, you know, I mean, some uh, extremely popular songs. So it, it's not uh, just because he's a country star or it, it's the respect thing, you know. I got respect right. from this guy. Like, yeah. wow, what he did is a, quite an accomplishment, you know. Yeah. Oh, he's a super nice guy. I, I saw him down in Louisville ages ago. Um, they had this thing called fourth street live where they have just pull up a, a, a semi bed for like a flat bed. And then they put the stage on top of that and they perform in the middle of the street, which is amazing. And so every Friday night they had new artists. And so I didn't know he was in there. I'm like, Oh, it's kicks down. Oh, that's pretty cool. And he was so nice with the audience. He was like talking with people and just, you could just tell that he loved being there and he was really genuine. And that's one thing I was really impressed because I didn't know a lot of their music. Uh, it was an entertaining show, but I was really came away respecting that he loved the fans and he disliked being around them. So that was, that was pretty cool. You know more of his music than you think, because if you listen to the hits, if you bought like a greatest hits, you'd be like, Oh, I know. Oh, wow. I know all the words on every song. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice. So this, your time with Dave Mustaine and the other people that you have met as, as fans, has that influenced how you respond or react to fans who, who come up to you and, and want a few minutes of your time? Absolutely. Uh, I th- Dave Mustaine is really good about this. Uh, at least he has been around me. Like he always took a few minutes for no matter who, it doesn't matter if somebody's interested, you just, you just do it. You know, I mean, I can't, I don't understand the guys that don't do it. I, you know, what's going through your head because these are the people that appreciate what you do and, and keep you alive. And someone's like genuinely, genuinely interested in what you're doing. Uh, uh, I think that's pretty cool. You know, I, I always make time for, if someone wants to talk to me, I'll make time. I'll have a beer with them or whatever. Nice. nice. And you come on podcasts like ours. So we're, we're, we're grateful. So thank yeah, you. Absolutely. Yeah. That's funny. You mentioned like, you know, meeting these guys and then you're just like, uh, you know, you're just awestruck by it. Uh, when we got to see, uh, Bruce Dickinson, when he was doing this solo <laughs> stuff, uh, yeah, we, we, uh, in Cleveland, a small venue and, uh, we were coming, we went and got some to eat after the show and when we were coming back, their tour bus was parked out front and, and their little crowd there and they waved us in. They said, hey, if you want to meet the guys and Adrian Smith was with them at that mm-hmm. time and like come in and meet them. And uh, I just remember, yeah, going up to Bruce, you know, we got to go up and, and, and talk to him. He signed some of our shit. And I was just, I had something prepared in my brain to say to him. And it just came out just, it was incoherent. I don't even know what I said. You know, it was. You asked him the prom. I think you asked him the prom. (laughs) Was that what it was? (laughs) Yeah. He turned me down gracefully, at least. uh, I sat down with uh, Adrian Smith and had a drink with them. And I was just like, oh, like, uh, 15 minutes. (laughs) Listen to him talk. He goes, oh, you want to have a drink, mate? Sit down and have a drink. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. Forget about it. Yeah, you just get dumbstruck, and yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, for sure. So it's kind of nice to to hear those kinds of stories from people, you know, who are in your position that you're still fans of somebody. We're all fans of somebody. We all get awestruck, and and uh, you know, we love that. That's just kind of awesome that you're still a fan. You know, first and foremost. 
yeah, if you lose that, then I think I'm gonna I'm gonna lose my edge as a songwriter. You know, um, I'm always a fan of metal. I don't always listen to it, but uh, like before we write a record, that's what I do. You know, it's almost like a, uh, an athlete training. You know, like he's got to get the game face going on. He's got to get toned up to do what his job is. So that's pretty much like the other guitar player, Steve Conley, and I. We, uh, you know, we'll get together and start trading metal, uh, you know, what we're listening to because we're getting the game face on and, and, you know, it's time to take care of some business. We got to write some metal riffs. And that's actually what we're doing right now. You know, we've had enough of a hiatus with the COVID stuff uh, and we, you know, sitting at home and we've got, we're ready to go. We released uh, Blood in the Water and we never even got to tour it, you know, so we still have some work yeah. to do on that and we're still writing, uh, starting to write another record at this point, so. Along those lines with the, the touring, I had a question for you, Michael, about after all these years and these releases, how is it, has it been real difficult to, to change the set list or who votes kind of, the whole band gets a vote on and what's played? And of course, you're going to have the classic sort of fan favorites one, but, you know, is, is that come more difficult or how does that, is it a democracy? How does that work when you? Yeah, it is difficult because I, I kind of gauge things on, Europe is a little bit ahead of us as far as uh, like the metal scene and stuff like that. So if they're grasping onto something, it's it's only a matter of time before it's going to start getting grasped on here too in the United States. Uh, and it's always been like that since metal, you know, be, since metal started basically. So, you know, we wrote these last three records and, and we, you know, we keep thinking, eh, nobody cares about the new stuff anymore. They just want to hear the classic stuff. But that wasn't the case. The last time, uh, last four or five times here in Europe, they want to hear stuff off the newer records, which were like, kind of our jaws dropping, you know, like, okay. And now they want to hear stuff off of Blood in the Water, which is, it's freaking us all out because now we have, um, there's more, pre there's more new songs on our set than there is classic stuff. We still, there's a couple that we have to do. Otherwise people just get pissed. And, uh, <laughs> you know, like we have to do Hammerhead and No Place for Disgrace. Have to, where they, you know, people get mad. And I would rather, uh, I don't want to hear that. I want to hear people happy, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. You're always going to hear that no matter how long a band can play. Like I've, I've been to rush shows, which have been two and a half, two hours and 40 minutes. Um, and I'm, I'm walking away. I'm just thinking, my God, I just witnessed this amazing show. And I, you'll always hear someone walking out like, oh, but they didn't play this song. I'm like, Jesus, man, they played two hours and 40 minutes. What the fuck do you want? You know, <laughs> they got a thousand songs. <laughs> exactly. They can't play the whole discography. Um, yeah. Unless you're Motorhead, then you can play your whole discography. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. It's got to be refreshing, though, to be to to have a demand for your new stuff, you know, and you you don't have to just rehash old tunes. You get to play that new stuff more, you know, than what you thought. It is, but um, things are different too. Like when we when we did our first two records, three records, four first four records, we had, we had a rehearsal studio, you know, where you know five nights a week, uh, sometimes seven nights a week, we're rehearsing. So like we bang these songs out every night, every night. It was like a machine, and the, the way stuff is now there's no rehearsal until just before the tour you know we write these songs and we send them to each other via email and dropbox and stuff like that and we, we put it together so we don't know really how it's gonna how they're gonna flow live which is scary because oh. we did when you know when you're in a rehearsal studio with, with the rest of your band guys you can feel the energy just feel it oh. and it's not like that now so when we go play these songs we're you know we're ready with there's another one in line in case it doesn't work out live you know 
uh, one of my favorite songs one of, uh, that I love to play is a song that we do called Swat and Flies. And it's like the same tempo as Inner Sandman, but for whatever reason, nothing happens when we play that song live. So we have to drop it, you know, we're, we're trying to cater to what everybody wants to hear and, and keep up the energy in the show. You know, nobody wants to go to a, uh, a metal show and go, this song, I think I'm going to go get a hot dog now while these guys are playing, you know, fuck that. Mm. You want them, you want their attention. You want them engaged. You want them in the pit and you want to keep them happy, you know? So that's interesting yeah so you kind of i'm sorry so you kind of got to go in cold now and and refine your set list over time just based on how how things are going yeah yeah that is a little scary (laughs) it is but then you know if one doesn't work out then we just play one of the classics and it comes right back but we're we're just trying to get out of that because so many years you know uh, we've been a band for 35 years playing the same classic songs but we're uh, we've had a bunch of uh playlists that are keeping blood in the water in the top five you know so i know people want to hear those songs so cry for the dead is one that we definitely put we're putting in the set for sure we'll see how that goes live you know uh it's it's pretty depressing song (laughs) (laughs) but it's beautiful it's beautiful melody it's haunting too so excellent um are you uh you know your albums are just so the last they're just getting heavier and heavier. Like it seems, <laughs> you know, you got to maintain that core sound, but are, are you intentionally going for like a heavier sound with, with each album? Or is this something that's just kind of organically happening, you know, within, within you as a songwriter, within the band itself? Yeah. I don't get to pick uh, like how heavy it is, whatever it just, whatever translates, whenever I start writing, that's how it comes out. And I think Steve's the same way. Um, I did try to write, I love ACDC. I'm a huge ACDC fan. So a few years ago, I tried to write a three or four chord song and that was amazingly difficult. I couldn't do it. I couldn't mm-hmm. finish the song. I'm, uh, that's just not, that's not how I write. But when I do right. write, it comes out, it's very angry and it's, it's usually very dark. And like, like, that's the only way I know how to do it. That's your creative process. You know, you gotta, you gotta go with, with what is natural for you, you know? Yeah. Well, to achieve what you've achieved, uh, you know, requires a huge amount of motivation and determination. Um, so what made it motivated you uh, in your early career and have your motivations changed over the years? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, the motivation, there's, there's a couple of them. Uh, there's girls, there's <laughs> uh, shows, but all that takes a, a, a serious, a, a backseat compared to playing a live show like that is, you know, I never, I've never done drugs or anything like that, but I can imagine that is going to be way better than any drug that's out there. Uh, the high you get from it, it, it's just, it's pure energy. Um, so that's what drives us to do it now, but there's always constraints. There's always uh, monetary constraints, especially these days it's getting worse. You know, uh, things have, have changed. Now they have pay to play bands uh, where you have to buy onto a tour. And I know that's been going on for a long time, but when we were coming up, that was unheard of. We would just go out because somebody liked us. Like Dave, Dave Mustaine, when we went out on tour, right. they weren't like, hey man, you got to give us $25,000. They were like, fuck, you guys are our friends. Let's go have some fun, you know? And then we were on a tour with them. Right. So uh, that kind of stuff has changed. Uh, and now I guess to, a- to answer the second part of your question, like what, 
like what's driving me and my, what, uh, what are my goals kind of, I guess. And it's like, I, I don't know it, to just stay relevant, I think in the business and in what we do and stay true to what we do. Excellent. So you talk about like that energy, that live energy. And, uh, it, it, are there any, um, particular gigs that you remember that were very memorable that had, you know, that energy that, that, that really stick in your mind? Yeah. Uh, and fortunately that happened here with, uh, uh, our hometown crowd. We were touring with Ham- Hammerfall and we were support for Hammerfall and, uh, just the, the crowd response for, for us was pretty amazing. We didn't expect that at all. And, uh, oh man, I, yeah, it was, that was one of those shows. And then, you know, when we got off the stage, uh, the, uh, Hammerfall, the, the singer was like, oh man, you guys fucking own this place tonight. And, uh, I was like, uh, yeah, we did, but uh, we don't want to do that to you guys, you know, but it's our hometown <laughs> crowd, you know? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Have other musicians, <clears throat> excuse me, musicians reached out to you and, and told you how much your music has meant to them or influenced them? Um, and if so, how has that made you feel? That freaks me out because I'm, uh, <laughs> I can't, I can't even imagine that some, that I influence somebody, you know, uh, but uh, it's the highest honor uh, you can get, you know, like someone's telling you this stuff and especially kids these days, you know, I've, I've heard it from a few kids that Oh, hey, your your solos are a huge influence on me, and uh, and some other people in the business. Jim Root said one of his I was one of his influences, you know, because I play all my leads with the toggle switch uh, flipped up, and I use the neck pickup. And he's like, "Yeah, dude, that's that's why I do it now from the from your old sound." And so it it is the highest award when someone says, uh, "You know, I've been influenced by your playing." That's great. Do you prefer playing like smaller, intimate venues or larger arenas? Like from a fan's, fan's point of view, those being so close to the band is really fantastic, but I can understand the thrill of playing, you know, in front of a stadium crowd. Um, but, you know, what's it like from a band's point of view, from your point of view, uh, or maybe you like them both? I, yeah, I, both are equal. Um, the big stadium shows or the big venues you don't get that, um, the energy and the anger, the sweat and the, uh, the I mean, there, there's just, it's just different. And a lot of times there's 50 feet between the stage and the people, you know, and that's a huge disconnect when you can't, it's not like that, you know, I like to touch people and uh, fist bump them or whatever, tip them with the, the front of my guitar. And you can't do that in some of the bigger venues and the smaller venues, when you do that, they freak out. And uh, that's, I, that's why we do it, you know, is because they freak out on it and it, it's cool. <laughs> So well, take, yeah. that question is both. I, I like both. Of them. Sure. Well, yeah, totally from the fan, having that moment of connection is so important from a fan's point of view. Um, just, just that moment, you know, whether it's you, you yell something at them and they yell back at you or, or that, you know, touch them, talking to them, waving to them. You know, that's, that's why you come see the band. Like, Oh fuck, they noticed me. Like I'm here for them. And they, and they, they singled me out. So I, I totally get how that would you know make people crazy. Like, yeah, this, cause it feeds on that energy, you know? Yeah. yeah when were- you can make eye contact with a guy up there playing guitar or singing <laughs> or something, you know, and, and feel that connection. There's nothing like that. You know, it's awesome. Yeah. You see him singing the words along with you, you know, and uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's, that's a good connect for sure. I uh, I once made uh, Dave Lombardo look down and shake his head. 
Um, <laughs> you slap your belly at him too? No, no, no. Grip Inc. was playing down in uh, down in Cleveland, and yeah. um, and we were uh, just between songs. I mean, Dave's one of my favorite drummers, and I just remember yelling, "Dave, I love you. I want to have your baby." And I, he just felt like, oh, I'm like, yeah, he noticed me, you know. <laughs> he shook his head just his like head. my mom does all the exactly. time. Exactly. <laughs> Another person shaking her head in disgust at me. Yes, thank you, Dave. Um, we're talking about, you know, the festival atmosphere. Which festivals do you like to playing at most? And, and do you get to enjoy those as a fan as well? Or is it all like, you know, we got to show up, we play the gig and we leave? Or can you like hang out? and like enjoy these other bands you know i try to do that uh, as much as i can like we, uh, we do these shows over in europe these big festivals and there's you know everybody's playing so i try to watch as much of it as i can while we're there but for me to hang out in the crowd they see this this is like uh <laughs> they recognize this right right away you know and so i end up hanging i always end up hanging out with people and start drinking beer next thing you know i'm not paying attention to the bands <laughs> we're doing other stuff and yeah so I, I try to watch the bands as much as I can, for sure. That's cool. Do you have a um, a favorite food to eat on the road? Ooh, uh, I have a favorite beer. Okay, let's hear about that. <laughs> uh, La Trap. I love La Trap beer. Uh, it's brewed by the the monks in Belgium, mm-hmm. so it's hard to get here, but you can get it at like uh, like Total Wine or something like that. And uh, yeah, it's my favorite beer. Those bunks, uh, they know what they're doing, man. Those yeah, Belgian, do. those Belgian <laughs> beers are delicious. I love yeah. the Belgian stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. La Trap. Yeah. I'm gonna have to write that down. Yeah. Um, no, don't drink too many of them. After three, I mean, definitely make sure you're <laughs> home by then. Okay. <laughs> high alcohol content, high gravity, as they would say. Uh, can you share with us, uh, like some of like? maybe like the craziest road story, something that happened. We're like, Jesus, you will not going to fucking believe this. Here's is what happened to us. Uh, you don't have to throw anyone under the bus or get anyone in trouble. <laughs> we're not trying to do that. We're just, we just like hearing these stories, you know, because one thing we love about this show, Michael, is like, we're doing things that we never expected to do. I mean, if we had a backstage pass to see you, we would have been gone and out a long time ago. We would have gotten our picture and said, hi, I got an autograph and then we'd be gone. So we get to spend time, you know, with these artists, with the artists like yourself. And we're just like, we just want to know it all. So, you know, but if there's something you don't want to answer, that's okay too, man. We, we respect you and we don't want to cause any problems or friction. Okay. Give it the dragnet treatment. I'm all about the problems and friction. I'm, I'm, <laughs> the, dick, I'm the dick of the band. Um, and, uh, you know, I know, I know a little bit about Photoshop. I've always got a camera with me. And so everybody's a victim around me and so they, they try to stay away. But I'm always the guy that's uh, I'm trying to throw my friends under the bus always. I'm oh, always. excellent. <laughs> well, then we expect, expect, let's hear it. Okay. <laughs> Do it now. <laughs> this, this is good. When we're in, uh, it's me and Steve and our ex-bass player, Michael Spencer, we're in uh, Spain, right? And uh, we have a day off. So we all, we end up going, finding a place that's uh, it's a massage place, right? And no, I know, don't go there. It's not one of those types of places. This is a legit place. So we go and, you know, we're in separate rooms or whatever. And this, uh, this girl comes in, gives me a massage. Well, before that, she gives me this, it, it looked like a, uh, like just a paper bag. And like, uh, there was holes cut out for your legs. I mean, it was barely covering anything that I had, but I'm like, okay. And it's made out of 
paper sack. Like I, I should have said sack, but whatever. <laughs> anyway, so, sack um, on sack. <laughs> so my, I'm done with my massage, right? And she's like, okay, go ahead and, you know, get dressed again. And so I've got this, uh, thing, the banana hammock thing, right? And I didn't, there's no garbage can. So I put it in the, my jacket pocket. And uh, a couple of days later, we were leaving. We're, we're heading through the airport. So I tied that banana hammock thing to the back of Steve's backpack <laughs> while he's walking through the airport. And we get on the airplane and he goes to put his luggage over, you know, over everybody. And he, you know, how there's that stressful factor, right? We've all done it. You stress out a little bit because everybody's watching you. <laughs> he's kind of stressed and he puts it up in there. And the only thing that falls down is that banana hammock thing. And he, he grabs it and he pushes it back up there. He didn't even realize what it was. He's still fucking pissed at me, man. So he's all pushing on it with his hands. Nice. It's not enough. Yeah. He fucking hates me. It's brutal, man. It's not enough anti back in the world. Oh, man. It fondled that. your banana hammock. <laughs> A chiquita. Uh, okay. What's in your rider? Like, what are some of the quirky perks and wishes that you have in your rider? Specific foods or drinks? We know your beer, um, clothing, or do you get like flowers, like Mariah Carey? You know, <laughs> some. What's in your rider, man? We are super simple. Uh, we don't have Lucky Charms. We don't have milk, cereal, uh, anything like that. A couple of cases of beer, or. Uh, just chips and salsa that we don't care you know we're not super crazy about any of that stuff all right okay uh i'm going to ask you a theoretical question here um I, what i would like you to do is create a super group not including anyone you've ever performed with which three or four musicians past or present alive or dead would you want to play with oh my god um the drummer right off the bat is going to be Ken Mary. Uh, he's our drummer and uh, he's phenomenal. The guy's a complete beast uh, and a monster of a drummer. So I'd want to play with him for sure. Uh, guitar players. I, I, I'm going to go with Randy Rhodes on that one. I mean, I mean, are we a three piece or four piece? Three, you five? pick it. Yeah. Anyone past or present alive or dead. You, you pick the super group, man. Yeah. Okay. So it would be Randy Rhodes, Bon Scott, and on bass, uh, I don't know. Right, I'd probably have to go with the Cliff Williams on that. All right, excellent. Like, who am I missing? Saxophone? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you want. You want Kenny G or um, that, that, that oily guy, the, the, you know, the muscular oiled down guy from the, from the Lost Boys? You know, he might. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you can bring yeah. him in. Sax man. Yeah, <laughs> Dr. Sax. <laughs> Oh, we're uh, back on the sax. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. This is the Murray Sausage oh. episode all over again. <laughs> yep, bring me our sausage. There's a, a theme starting to develop here. Yes. Yep. Nice, so nice. many sausage themes. <laughs> uh, are you it's a lot a... of bologna in the last one. Bologna, <laughs> yes. bologna theme. That, yeah. <laughs> so much meat. It's just <laughs> it's a lot of meat. Meat and yeah. byproducts. We've derailed. Excuse me, Michael. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah, we won't, we won't regale you with all those stories, Michael. We won't bore you. Um, are you a, uh, since we are heavy metal horror, uh, are you a horror fan at all? Uh, not, not really, not as much as a, a lot of these guys are. I kind of stopped in the, in the eighties, I guess it would be because 
I just what I'm not getting scared or, or uh, you know, there's some great, great horror movies, you know, Friday the 13th. I thought the first one was always great uh, stuff like that. I'm, I'm good with, but like the newer stuff, what's the one with the, the, the ring, I think it's what it's called. Didn't, like that didn't do anything. But, yeah. So yeah. Well, the, the original Japanese version is better than the, the yes. American remakes, you know, Ringu, if you can get that. Um, okay, cool. What's your favorite Halloween candy? When you were a kid trick or treating, what was your favorite? Oh, Reese's. Nice. Mm-hmm. All right. That's the correct answer. Pieces or cups? Pieces or cups? Cups, man. Oh, no, man. On. Pieces. The, the peanut butter well, pieces, are, pieces, pieces are good. Pieces are good. I Don't thought that went wrong. without saying cups. I mean, the, no, man. It's not even a debate. You're no, wrong. it is a debate. Reese's pieces are better than cups because the peanut oh. butter in pieces is different from what's in cups, which makes no fucking sense, but it's true. <laughs> True. And it's not as good. Yeah. It's way better. So oh my yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Can we're we have a throwdown? We're gonna Can you mute silent... him? Yeah. Can we mute Wildcard? <laughs> Don't worry, my mic will do that in five <laughs> yeah. minutes. Just off His its own down. All that, that shitty cable. That's what you get for paying for two dollar cables. Um, yep. Okay. All right, Michael. What would you tell your childhood self about being a professional musician? Ooh, um, this. I would have said, slow down your practicing and, and work on your technique and your picking hand. I mean, I'm still 30, oh, 30 years plus 35, almost 40 years playing. I'm still learning. And uh, it just seems like every six months I get a setback because I figure out a better way to do it, but you got to practice that. It's like starting over again. Right. Cool. So right, cool. I'd say just take it slow and, you know, practice to a metronome. That would be it practice to a metronome Excellent. i have a Excellent. i have a genuine question and i don't I, before i forget this i want to throw this out there and you don't have to i am sure you may have talked about this in previous interviews and you don't type you don't have to answer it or if you want it edited out montek and do this because i don't know how touchy-feely this particular subject is but i've always been curious about the re-recording of no place for disgrace now i own it of course because i'm a fan i wanted to obviously support you guys and, and help you through this and I know that, you know, originally you guys had brought up, you know, re-recording for production reasons, et cetera, et cetera. Is there more to it than that? Is, is this a label thing? Because I'm, I'm speaking from experience myself. I have a, an album I can't access. And from what I gather, re-recording is one of those means that within the last several years was made legal by the U.S. government or something along those lines. I'm just curious if that played any role and your decision to retract the album? Yeah, the, uh, the production on the first one. You know, there was uh, it was kind of like an almost an 80s production, in my yeah. opinion. And I wanted something a little more in your face, you know. Not, okay. uh, and, and so that was the main reason to do it. But also because it's really hard, uh, you know, uh, to access. You know, we wanted to do... Right. Some of our, our past catalog has been difficult for people to get a hold of right right so, okay yeah that's it reasons okay yeah i was always curious of that as like i said i mean i figured it was something along the lines of you know getting the stuff back out there again or getting some semblance of rights kind of thing so i think it turned out great it, not too many bands can pull that off you know it, it's it always seems like i think because you know exodus did it with let there be blood you know mm-hmm. i always question that but this is different because like the everything's still intact on this on this record it's just got better production. Yeah, you know, AK, AK still sounds fucking great. You know, it's it's not 
with, with with let there be blood like i'm sorry man you're getting rid of bailoff's vocals that's not cool this this nothing nothing's been replaced here besides really production i mean maybe maybe there's subtle differences in certain things i don't know yeah. but um oh, i can certainly get behind it i've always been curious about that though as a fan yep that's uh, that's pretty much it and uh, the, the only thing that could have been better maybe a little faster in some areas you know uh but we slowed some, we were trying to get the chunking and stuff going on yeah and uh that it that uh, wasn't on the first the first go around so sure no Sorry, Montag, you can have the show back now. No, I'm cool, man. <laughs> I, I like this. I mean, I got my questions, but you guys always chime in, you know. Um, Michael, I'm going to name a band. Uh, I'm going to go through some bands, and I want you to tell me your favorite album by that band. Okay. okay. I'll, do my, I'll do my best. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, if you don't if you don't know or don't want to answer or don't like the band, that's cool, too. We just, just say it. Uh, we'll start with Black Sabbath. Oh, uh I like Heaven and Hell. I'm a Dio fan. Yeah. Oh, I know people will go, no, dude, you're wrong. <laughs> I like Black Sabbath when Dio was in there. Oh, yeah. Great, great, great sound. Uh, Judas Priest. Dreaming for Vengeance. Halloween. Uh, not too familiar with the catalog. Okay. The Beatles. I hate the Beatles. Okay. <laughs> oh, you and Dreadbull. <laughs> Dreadbull hates the Beatles too. Uh, Give me the stone. Hate, hate's Beatles a strong word. Beatles. I wouldn't say hate. Not a fan. But how's that? Is that better? <laughs> yeah, that's better. Um, how about Rush? Are you a fan of Rush? Uh oh yeah. Um, probably Red Barchetta. Oh, the moving pictures then. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, on that, that's on that record. Yeah, Sorry. yeah, that's a great album. Um, mm -hmm. Opeth. Yeah, yeah, not familiar. Okay. Uh, are you familiar with Dream Theater? Yeah. What album would you say would you be I, your favorite? I couldn't name an album. Uh, okay. I, That's okay, man. It's all right. Yeah, you call this Sweating me. Bullets is what this is going to be called now, man. <laughs> Everybody gets real like, oh, man, I should know this. <laughs> We're going to call nah, this. I don't feel bad. This is the hot seat segment. <laughs> hot seat. <laughs> That's great. The um, sausage how come, seat. How come my cables aren't going out right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll bring it. I'll bring it back to some metal for you. How about Iron Maiden? Oh, killers! All right, Testament. Um, what was the, what was their first record? Legacy. Legacy. Yeah. Legacy, yeah. They used to be called. That used to be their name too. Right. Yeah. Uh, that. Yeah. That that record right there, because that kind of that brings back a bunch of memories for me, uh, doing shows with those guys and stuff. Cool. Oh, nice. Well, come on, Queens. We're, we're, we're huge oh, Testament sorry. fans here on sorry. the show, so that's cool. You've done some shows with those guys. You get to hang out with them and stuff. Yeah, I was just uh, talking to Chuck Billy a day before yesterday, asking him what's going on. I haven't talked to him for a few years, so just. Oh man, hey. yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> tell him about us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Say, hey, tell these bastards want to talk to you. Chuck. I had the best time of my life on heavy metal boats. <laughs> Don't get in the hot seat, whatever you do. <laughs> um, yeah, we'd love to talk with Chuck. That would be that would be awesome. Amazing. Yeah. Um, Queensryche. Uh, the first EP. What was that called? Queensryche. Yeah, it was Queensryche, yeah. It has Queen of the Reich on it. Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah. So good. All right, they had just that a... anger. They had the anger going on then. It like, seemed like the mm -hmm. mind crime stuff was a little too much for me. Okay. I like, uh, I like the older stuff from them. All right, just a few more. Slayer. Oh, uh, probably Rain and Blood. Okay. And Kiss. 
Ooh. Destro- uh, yeah, Destroyer. I'm going to go with Destroyer. Okay. And the last one, King Diamond. Uh, in Fate? or Well, in- yeah, sure. King- I'll, in Merciful Fate King or King Diamond. Yeah. Yeah. I like, uh, what's uh, the Melissa record? Is that what Melissa, it's called? Melissa, yeah. Yeah, I like Some that. of the coolest art, man. It's got that, yeah. s- that skull with the, the whatever fire lava yeah. coming off the lava. Nice. Excellent, excellent. All right. Uh, do you have a favorite book? And if so, what is that book? Oh, uh, I, I don't read much. Favorite book? Uh, I got a cookbook. I mean, hey. that's probably it right no. there. There you go. What kind of cookbook is it? How to Serve Man. <laughs> Cajun. It's Cajun food. I love Cajun food. Nice. All right. Yeah. Excellent. <clears throat> Very cool. Um, who's your favorite cartoon character? Ooh, uh I got a lot of them. I'm going to the coyote, probably the coyote. Oh, Wiley coyote. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Uh, Which celebrity would you like most to have a drink with? Oh, uh, any, it doesn't have to be music, movies, television. All celebrities are, are open here. Uh, Bourdain. Yeah, I know he's he's gone, but like, yeah, man, that guy, I would, uh, I would just, hang out with, uh, for a day with that dude. Oh my God. Right. Yeah. yeah. He had a way of, of, of prescribing food and his love was beyond food, but also culture and people yeah. and, yeah. and the yeah. connection to the interconnection of that and how you share your culture through food. He really got that, mm-hmm. yep. you know? Yeah. And was eloquent. Good writer. Um, what one song do you wish you had written and recorded instead of the group, the group who actually did? Wow. That's a great question. Um, uh, I don't know. That's a, that's a great question. I'd, I'd have to think about that. Okay. That's um, a new one. He busted out. I, yeah, I, like I know. That. I'm trying a good to, one. That's I'm, a brand new I one. I know. I'm trying to bring out new questions all the time, man. <laughs> I wish you guys monotonous questions from Montag, yeah, so I wish you three of you would also start sending me new questions. <laughs> I just ask them on the show. See, that's yeah, how I operate. Yeah. Come on, you cunts. Come on, help! All right, let's so then let's uh, let, let's talk about your gear, Michael, because I know you know one of the things I know from following you and, and such is is you do share an affinity for gear, clear, clearly by the wall of axes behind you, and I know you're a massive fan of your Kemper. Um, when when was the crossover specifically for you from you know the big clunky amplifier to? Well, I guess you use a Kemper head, or do you use a rack mount? Uh, the the head is it's a rack mount, but the head's in it. It's okay. A powered, it's a powered one. So when was the when was the transition from like you know a dedicated guitar head to to kind of the ampling the the, the amp modeling gear? Uh, it was probably when we started doing these fly-in gigs. Uh, you know, it's still fairly new technology, I guess. Mm-hmm. Maybe seven years ago when we started okay. making flights, because uh, a lot of times we go over to Europe and you never know what you're going to get. You know, you ask for, right. Uh, for the back line. I, yeah. I play a boogie, you know, whenever I play something that's got tubes in it, it's a boogie and uh, I get something different every time. And then I have to, right. it. and then I, so I was bringing pedals and I was bringing my wireless and all this other stuff. And with the Kemper, I mean, it's, it's all, it's already there, you know, it's everything's in that it's 30 pounds and it fits on the overhead in the planes. So, right. And then I just got lazy after that. I just started taking the, the tours and stuff. <laughs> nothing goes, nothing goes wrong with it. You know, you don't have to right. calibrate anything. And 
or worry about somebody throwing, you know, throwing it up on a, a case and your tubes getting shattered. Right. Nothing. So, yeah. And Kemper, I don't know. It's uh, like one of the greatest things since uh, we landed on the moon. Yeah, they're, they're impressive. They're impressive pieces of gear. Now, did you profile your own stuff or did you just use uh, things that were already built in? I did. I used uh, my triaxis. Okay. So that's cool. So you're, you're getting your sound. You're getting, and that's what you use to track or as, as well, correct? That's what we most, hear on the albums. Most of the time. Yeah. But, okay. uh, there's some other, there's some other standard patches that come with it that are still killer. The Ula England patches are killer. Um, STL tones, Synmix. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tons of great tones. That's cool, man. I know you're, you're a believer, man. I see when I see people, you know, I seen those kids in Warhead all bought campers and, you're like, yeah, you like those things. You tried to get me a switch. I ain't switched. I still got my tubes, <laughs> which is probably, I'm probably going to switch now because there's only one place to get tubes from anymore. And uh, two prices are about to be through the roof. So I <laughs> look at like yeah. we're all going the way of the modeler. But uh, there, see, I helped Montag. Don't call me no non-helper. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I in general terms like sending <laughs> questions my way? I mean, everyone is reacts and stuff while we're doing the show but yes no, i get it i, I you know what you meant Monte. yes <laughs> it's okay my shoulders can bear the burden of this or montag oh, yeah the shit's getting deeper my yeah i know <laughs> um no it's it's all good man it's all good yeah I, i'm trying to bring into questions you know i want to keep it interesting you know sure. um just he just grabbed an axe off the off the wall there that's oh, the <laughs> I was turning the lights on. Uh, oh. I know I'm, I'm disappearing in the dark here. <laughs> I got to go to my Alexa to do this right now. <laughs> See, technology. Your Kipper wow. should be able to do that for you. <laughs> That's true. There we go. There we go. Oh, wow. Yeah. Welcome nice. to the show, Michael. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. Excellent. Um, what are what kind of things are you watching on on streaming services? Netflix, Hulu, Disney. Do you, is there anything fun that you're watching? Anything you want to suggest? No, you know, uh, I'm just I'm watching like other guitar players right now. Andy James, Jeff Loomis, uh, just working on my chops, uh, my COVID chops, I guess it would be. So that's pretty much all I do. I try mm-hmm. to stay away from the news. Uh, in mm-hmm. like streaming, or if you're talking about Spotify hard for me to get on board with that because i mean you know what they pay well, the artists aren't making any money yeah all right right that's the thing yeah, yeah. no I, that's that's band camp's such a, a better way to go for artists you know to be able to sell their yeah. music that way you know um what one creative endeavor are you most proud of oh uh yeah, it, it is it uh, overall probably the, yeah it could be anything band i mean uh, i'm i'm super proud of the band and the work that we've done over the years and especially now like we're older and our last record it seems like our last records are getting better and so i'm i'm just yeah uh i'm sold on on the new lineup i mean uh, i don't know what else to say it's the best lineup that we've ever had yeah. uh and yeah yeah, this last album. I'm probably the most proud of our last record. It was phenomenal. It yeah, it's a solid record. trajectory, man. Not many, not many bands can pull that off either. So, I mean, doing like your best music, 35 into years into your career, right. you're doing some of the best music you've ever done. That's gotta that's gotta feel amazing for you, right? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm super proud of that. Wow, that's great. Now, this question came all the way from Dreadpool back when I was doing the last round of semi-questions. <laughs> Looking back on your career, what is your biggest regret, if any? Oh, man. Uh, for the, It's all the different logo changes. Uh, I've thought this out pretty well. Instead of having one logo throughout the years, we've had like five or six. If you're branding your band, you know, make sure you keep that to, to one. So people, right. you know, I mean, all the variants of it, I think is very confusing. You know, cool. we've had like uh, lineup changes and stuff like that. That's kind of confusing too. But when it starts affecting the, the brand and, you know, so now, right now we're trying to just get back to the skull. Um, it doesn't have to say flotsam, but I want people to recognize the skull. So you'll see right. classic uh, skull coming back. Yeah, I love your guys' mascot, Flatzilla. That's fantastic. You know, <laughs> especially the on the blood and water cover. That's just so cool. I was creeping right through there. It's a great cover. Yeah, that's interesting. You talk about logos and stuff. I mean, when you think of a metal band, you say, you know, you say Iron Maiden and that iconic, that, you know, one of a kind sort of font that, that Iron Maiden has, or you say Testament, you, you see that logo, Metallica, you know, like you're right, man. That is super important. And because, uh, it's the first thing that pops into your head when you hear a band name, you know, is that logo or some cool art or a mascot, whatever. Yeah. You know, the, the band name's always been, uh, it, it's just a little, little weird for people to hear. The first time you, you tell somebody, they always go, what? No, it, it's Flotsam and Jetsam. What? You know, they, and it, mm-hmm. it takes a bit, you know, cause it's not a common <laughs> word or common words, but right. the meaning of it and stuff like that's still pretty cool. So, um, you know, that, that, that's tough too. You know, you always want to have a name in your band. So, you know, comes off audible, audible for people and they don't have to say what, 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 you know, or how to spell it or anything like that. Uh, that's why the skull, you know, trying to stick with the skull being uh, the brand. Yeah, That makes sense. Yeah. I'm going to do something now we call blast beats. It's going to be a lot less painful in the hot seat for you but i'm going to give you a series of choices just real quick and you just you just answer them as quickly as possible all right hot dog or hamburger hot dog ketchup or mustard mustard your favorite pizza topping jalapenos pen or pencil pencil paperback or kindle paperback pc or apple apple Movie theater or streaming? Theater. Your favorite holiday? Uh, is Halloween a holiday? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And that's uh-huh. everybody's answer. Yeah, so far. It's <laughs> pretty much. Every yeah. guest is answer. Yeah, it's Halloween. been Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> um, your favorite ice cream flavor? Uh, Reese's. Oh, nice. Cups or cups, right? I don't think we have time for the debate. <laughs> um, dog or cat? Uh, if, if any, it would be a dog. Definitely not a cat. Marvel or DC? Marvel. All right. Avengers or Justice League? Get kind of, I guess that kind of answers your Avengers fan, I would think. You have to pick the two, Avengers or Justice League? Uh, uh, I don't know. I, <laughs> not super uh schooled on the most recent stuff that's out a little confusing with everything but okay uh, Avengers probably all right so piggybacking on that if you could be any superhero for 24 hours <laughs> who would you be and what would you do with your day of power 
day of power. Ooh. There's a new question. Day of Brand. power. Yeah, you're you're really really proud of yourself. I can see that. <laughs> Someone's got to do this. He's really digging. Wow, really, really dredging up some feelings right now. I can uh, see. As a kid, I, you know, I was always I always wanted to be Superman. You know, I know it's, that's off, but uh, Superman. I would, and now if I had those powers of Superman, I would go back and learn my chops on this thing, the way I should have thirty years ago. You know, instead of reinventing my style. You'd be really like not a very meaty answer, but what's that? Uh, hey. You'd be really lightning fast as Superman, then, Michael. That's right. <laughs> not if there's <laughs> not if there's those are kryptonite frets. You ain't gonna <laughs> yeah, be fast. Yeah, yeah, good one. You know, so we're all fans, as we've we've talked about, and you've mentioned your your fans of other artists as well. What is your favorite piece of memorabilia? If you have memorabilia, uh, maybe it's a concert shirt or autograph picture or something like that. Oh, you know, uh, uh, my SG up here. It's got a broke, like I said, everything's got a story, right? It's one of my favorite guitars. Uh, last time Jason was at my house, which was, I don't know, it was probably during Ugly Noise. He was over, and he was playing that guitar. He broke the string, and I, I haven't touched it since. I haven't picked it up. So Nice. That's, you know, he, he, he's my friend, and like the respect that he deserves uh, and, and what he's earned over the years, you know, he's such a great person. And, uh, that's kind of my tribute to him. You know, he always liked that guitar. Maybe, that's maybe cool. I'll give it to him Sunday. Sunday. That's cool. That's nice. cool that you guys still hang out. Like I, I wasn't aware of that. Like I, I still hang out. That's awesome, man. That's really cool that you maintained a friendship all the, all the years later. Yeah, we had, we had chemistry, you know, uh, especially with songwriting. That's why he came back for ugly noise. Uh, you know, definitely chemistry going on. Yeah. No, that's cool. That's uh, yeah. I was gonna. Sorry, I, I don't Sorry, know. I, was, I, de- I um, the derailer. That's no, 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 no. I was just considering. <laughs> no, I was just withdrawing a couple questions. I was like, no, I don't think I want to go down that. I don't want to stir up anything that uh, you know. Leave, oh, you're the feelings like. drudger. The drudger. That's your new name. <laughs> <laughs> the drudger. No, no, that's 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 good, man. I don't want to. I don't want to get involved in any kind of politics here. Um, I do want to. Uh, play a fun game with you though michael it's called name that festival what oh. we're going to do is your band flotsman jetsam is playing a festival with two other artists which we will find out who they are so i'm going to spend the wheel of mystery to find those other two bands and then i'd like you to name the festival that you're all playing at so i'm just going to pull it up <laughs> and i'm going to share here i'm going to share the screen all right so here we are you can see the wheel. All right. So the first band that you are playing with is oh, oh, oh. Erasure. All right. Yeah. 80s pop Erasure. There we go. Okay. And then one more. Lots of Jetson Erasure. Yeah. Very interesting. Oh. Very eclectic. Ooh, ooh, oh, wait a minute. And Elvis. Elvis. <laughs> nice. <laughs> name this festival yeah 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 (laughs) all three of you are playing this festival flotsam and jetsam erasure and elvis i'll let you decide the order that you go on (laughs) who headlines that (laughs) yeah who's gonna headline that one yeah oh my god Uh, yeah (laughs) can i combine the two uh, like it uh irrelevant 
<laughs> uh, that's what, what but where does flotsam fit in on that yeah this that's is i mean this is a tough one we get it man so it'd have to be ending with some sort of zilla probably so okay <laughs> yeah Arelvis, nice. it would be the Arelvis zilla show Arelvis zilla that's- a Relvis Azilla uh, Fest. I guess. Nice. Okay. <laughs> okay. That, by hands down, is the toughest question I've ever had. <laughs> that was a <laughs> nice. Yes. yes. Stumped him. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. Yes. The mystery wheel. You know, and it could have came up with all kinds of other things. You never know. Um, <laughs> that's nice. That's nice. So, what are your? I know you're working on a new album, which is very exciting. Is there anything like? what more can you tell us about that or do you have other plans for this year to like hit the road um you know what are your plans for 2022 uh in june i think it's june 1st we're heading to atlanta for uh prog metal fest and then after that it's directly over to europe to do the festival circuit so this will be the first time that we've played hellfest in france oh and nice yeah, it's kind of, the, that's the Super Bowl pretty much. Mm-hmm. So really looking forward to that. And I think we are playing with Sacred Reich that night too. So oh, awesome. Wow. Looking yeah. Oh man. I, I've been a Sacred Bike fan since I first heard Chemical Euphoria. You know, that was just like, oh yeah, these guys at this rip set. Mm-hmm. Um, excellent. So how long, uh, you said you're going to be in Europe. So um, how many festivals are you going to be doing? Um, or are you going to be coming back to the States after that? Or do you, do you know? Yeah, we're, we're going to come back and hopefully uh, things will be opening up enough so we can start an American tour. You know, uh, that's what the goal is. Uh, don't know who with yet. We're still working on it. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's shoddy with the venues, uh, with vaccinations and cars sure. and all kinds yeah. of stuff. So, yeah. But it's it starting to look... Changing. Yeah, it's starting to look like maybe finally COVID is starting. Hopefully to, a little little hope in the end. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we're getting this behind us at long last. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um you mentioning your album, like how do you choose an album's track order? We had talked about set lists and stuff, but when you're creating an album, like what's the process that you go through to, to choose a new album's set list or a track order? Well, right off the bat, the first three songs have to be like the most in your face ones. Um, you know, cause people don't have an attention, not attention Spanish should say that time to listen to a whole record like this, sit down and listen to it and just, uh, you know, vibe on it or whatever. Most people just don't have the time. So you put your best songs first and hopefully that gets the attention. And then, you know, hopefully you have something in the middle of the record that's got, that kind of brings people down for a little bit of a, a breath. And then end it want with them wanting more. Uh, and that's like the formula for it. So that's how we try to arrange everything on whenever we're doing the arrangements on uh, song order. Okay. Do you have a celebrity bucket list? Like, I mean, you've met so many people, but is there like someone, it doesn't have to be a music. It could be TV, movies, anything. Is there someone like, yeah, this is like one person I'd really like to see sometime, someday. Um, I don't know. Like, I guess yeah, there's a lot of people I want to hang out with or to meet, but just to have one, like, dead or alive? Yeah, anybody. Bon Scott. That would have to be Bon Scott. All right. Nice. All right. Gentlemen, um, 
Do you have more another question for for Mr. Gilbert? No, you took all my questions, so there you um, go. Yeah, you drugged up everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry. I guess I'll shut up the next time. Um, Michael, do you have any questions for us? <laughs> no, just thanks for having me, man. Oh, uh, yeah, no, thanks for coming. Yeah, fun, thanks man. for coming. We we've had a good time. Um, you know, we want to be respectful of of your time and and not keep you for hours and hours. But we we really do appreciate having you on and and hope that you know that you've had a good time with us. Oh, absolutely. Excellent. Super fun Excellent. interview, man. Super fun. Oh, good, good. Would it be too much to ask? you to do a bumper for us this is michael gilbert of flotsam and jessam and you're watching and listening to heavy metal horror or something like that yeah i can do that excellent thank you you ready now yeah we are ready hey this is michael gilbert from flotsam and jetsam and you're watching heavy metal horror perfect excellent thank you thank you all right we're going to do our commercial and we're going to get out of here and then we're going to invite you to join us with the horns as we say heavy metal horror <laughs> <laughs> All right, you can find Heavy Metal Horror on unsaneradio.com. Listen to full episodes or download to your device. You can find us on Facebook, Heavy Metal Horror Podcast. On Instagram, look for Montag Lewis, one word. Our YouTube page, which is if you're watching, you're right there. Heavy Metal Horror Podcast. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. And if you know someone about uh, who'd like our show, tell them about us. This has been Montag, Master of Illusion. Chop Top. Dread Bull. Wild Card. And you've been watching and listening to Time for the Horns, Michael. Heavy. Heavy. Metal. metal horror. This is Doug Helbring, and you have been listening to Heavy Metal Horror, the best podcast that you've never heard before. <laughs> <laughs>